The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to be inspired, uplifted, and motivated to greatness? It's time for Star Style. Be the star you are. With your effervescent personal growth coaches, the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, and health specialist, Heather Brittany. Define your vision, discover your passion, and design your future in this power-packed hour of life-changing talk radio. Featuring authors and success experts dedicated to helping you achieve the results you deserve. Be entertained, edutained, encouraged, and empowered. Smile, have fun, and celebrate you. Explore your potential and embrace your possibilities with your hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany on Star Style. Be the star you are, starting right now. Happy Chinese New Year, everyone. Hello, Power <laughs> Partners. Welcome to Radio's Finest Hour of Power. It's Star Style. Be the star you are, a program of positive book talk. My name's Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And this is the year of the water snake. Woohoo! It's the sixth <laughs> sign of the Chinese zodiac, and it marks the beginning of the fire cycle, representing wealth and wisdom and the snake is the keen observer and an action taker. I know everybody out there is going, ooh, the snake, how can that be so great? But according to the Chinese horoscope, the year snake, is, uh, the water snake, is reputed to be lucky with all things financial. So considering that the last seven years have been really horrible, this could be the year of opportunity for all of us who want to stay focused and pay attention to detail and do some due diligence. So that's why we're here for you. We know you have a plan for your life and you've set goals and we want to help you get there. The miracle moment for today is brought to you by both Heather Brittany and I as actors for your next SAG after film or commercial or any print project. Give us a holler. We'll put you in touch with our agent, 925-377-STAR or email Cynthia at star-style.com. And this is from Ben Sweetland. We cannot hold a torch to light another's path without brightening our own. And that always, that kind of reminds me of one that we always say, Heather, is that we don't have to put out anybody else's candle to make ours shine brighter. <laughs> I think, you know, I like this a lot. It's like, let's empower each other. So coming up today in Health Matters, Heather is going to talk to us about how to take our medications, both over the counter and prescription, because we might be in danger in our health and not even knowing it. In segment two, the best-selling author of The Murderer's Daughters, uh, Randy Susan Myers, is coming back with us. She has a new novel out, and it is really great. It's called The Comfort of Lies, and this one is really a doozy. It's kind of a love triangle. And finally, everything I know in life I learned from my chickens. Well, maybe not everything, but I'm going to take you into the barnyard for some farm girl inspiration in our final half hour. So we'll have a little bit of 
fun with that, especially since this is the year of the snake. So sit back, smell the roses. This is a show for you and enjoy. Well, as we were uh, talking about with the beginning of if we want to have peace, prosperity, and health, we better be on top of what we are doing as far as medications, vitamins, etc. You know, we take things over the counter, and unless you're an, a, a, a doctor, sometimes we could be harming ourselves. Do we know how to properly take anything without harm and with full effect? There's a lot of stuff on the market this, these days. It's hard to keep things straight, but Heather has some good ideas for us, and especially things that could even interact with food. That's something I never think about. So, Heather, we have, you know, everybody has to take medicine at one time or another, and a lot of people take vitamins. What is the big deal in learning to read the directions and really know about interactions? Yeah, well, I think like all things in life, we hate le- reading directions. I know so many times you buy these things from Ikea that that basically just come with pictures of how you're supposed to put things together. We, I, I know sometimes I've struggled with things, doing things wrong, and it's all on the box. Same with goes with cooking, you know, putting things together, and as well as your medications. Um, and i got to say, I am really one of those people, Heather. If somebody shows me how to do it or tells me, I can do it one time. I never have to be shown again. But to read directions, I hate it. I never, I don't take the time. Exactly. And a lot of us, you know, we, we, for example, you know, pain medication, we, we just take things knowing, okay, I'll pop a pill and, you know, take two of these a day and I should feel better. Oh, I, you know, I have a headache. I'm going to take this. You know, I, I need to stay awake. I'll take this. Um, a lot of times, too, when we go to the doctors, they give us a lot of information and pamphlets, and they ask us if we have any questions. But, of course, we want to get out of there, and we don't take the, the time to ask any potential questions. And then what may happen is we're in the society now that we self-medicate, that we, you know, we Google, we figure out what, what medications we're supposed to take. We ask our friends. Um, and unless, you know, we are doctors, sometimes we're doing it wrong and we're not taking the right medications. So just some overall stuff, as a lot of times, you know, we uh, when we think of drug interactions, we think of combining, you know, how you hear of people having accidental overdoses because they take their antidepressant with an aspirin or something. But I'm just talking about basic things that we're doing, just taking um, your medication with regular food or drink. So just kind of start off um, grapefruit juice. Um, usually with a, an um, OTC, and o- OTC is over-the-counter, and a histamine, for example, like Allegra, which is something to help you with allergies. Um, and a lot of times, so we you know we take it, but something that's interesting is grapefruit um, and citrus fruit, like oranges, contain a chemical that actually affect various medications in your body that can cause um, the medication to stay in your body longer. Um, so that's something you know we don't want. So grapefruit, it actually... Um, when you take it with an, an antihistamine, um, it actually can cause small blockings in the intestines, and that can stop the blood from moving thoroughly. So this drug... Whoa, will I never longer. knew that, and I eat either oranges or grapefruit every single day. I mean, I'm not taking antihistamines, but I would. Oh, my gosh, that's a grapefruit. Right. But, you know, but think of it, for example, it can also, with that being said, if you're taking an antihistamine you know, for allergies, and you're allergic to cats, so let's say you, know, you pop one of those, you're feeling it, and you, if you have grapefruit juice or a very high acidic uh, juice, the liquid can actually decrease the amount that reaches um, the bloodstream. So, therefore, it makes it less or sometimes completely ineffective. 
So you're taking the medicine, and it's, it's not absorbing. What will happen when you combine those two is the medication is not going to absorb into your bloodstream. So you're basically just taking medicine for no reason, and it's not helping. You're going to be itchy. You're going to be scratchy. Um, and you won't know the cause of it, and it's because it's, it's not going to affect the citrix in general, especially grapefruit, because grapefruit is so acidic, um, will cause the, the drug to just be inactive, basically. You know, I, it would, are you saying, I mean, without saying, should we always just take any medication, whether it's an aspirin or an ibuprofen or an antihistamine, and always decide to take it with water? Because I know lots of, you know, a lot of people will just say, I'll just take it with juice. I'm having a glass of juice in the morning or whatever. So is it just better to take things with water? Yeah, exactly. The, the main thing is always water is the number one recommended thing. Um, you know, we know, for example, you know, you never to combine, you know, pills with alcohol, for example. So always just take your medicine with water. You'll find the time, sometimes people have upset stomachs regarding the time of day they take their medication. But in general, always take it with a full eight glass, uh, eight ounces of water. Um, leading to alcohol, too. Sometimes people don't really think about the bad combination. Um, acetaminophen, uh, which, for example, is actually something that's found in Tylenol. Excuse me. Um, it's usually you know, a, a pain reliever, but it's also the most understood. People all the time, I have a headache, I have a fever, I'll just take, um, you know, a Tylenol. I'll just pop, you know, one of those things. Um, and it's an ingredient that it's in cold remedies, uh, prescription medicine. Um, but something that happens when you take it with, uh, alcohol, alcohol and acetaminophen together can actually cause irreversible liver damage. Uh, we've always heard the things that over long use of both alcohol and just using over-the-counter medicine um, that you're not supposed to take it all the time because it can cause liver damage. But um, what they view is that someone is to take Tylenol and drink, you know, three to four glasses of alcohol in a day is going to cause irreversible liver damage. If someone just to have one glass, it's going to cause um, your stomach to be upset. Okay, so, wait a minute, wait a minute. I want to back up here. So when you say you take a Tylenol uh, because you have a headache at some point during the day and then you have a couple glasses of wine, you could actually be damaging your liver. Yeah, you can actually cause acute liver failure. Um, and a lot of times, sudden kind of pre-beginning symptoms of this is that we just have upset stomach. That maybe have Tylenol, drinking later in the evening, and just kind of having an upset stomach. You know, maybe feeling indigestion, kind of burning in your stomach. That's kind of the beginning of that's acute. That's acutely affecting um, your digestive system, which affects into your liver system. So always, you know, if you have to take these things, just kind of think of what else is going to be going on in your day, and, and really kind of devote if you have to take a medicine. Um, also, we know, too, a, a lot of sometimes, excuse me, antibiotics. Uh, it's so important we read the label. When I, uh, your doctor tells you don't mix alcohol with this, sometimes, you know, because it can make it ineffective, it can make you drowsy, but also sometimes antibiotics or antiviral drugs mixed with alcohol can make you incredibly sick, vomiting, throwing up. I know from working in the medical office is telling patients that, and then coming in the next day, and they were horribly sick. I don't understand. We asked them, "What you know? What did you do in the last 24 hours?" And oh, I went out. You know, I was. I went. I had a couple glasses of wine. Exactly. I had some. You know, I had a couple of beers. And this, your body isn't designed. It needs to focus on one thing at a time. So it's really important that you know if you have to go on some medication to read everything thoroughly and making sure what you're going to take isn't going to interfere, isn't going to make you sick. Also. Um, of you know uh, working in women's health, 
Uh, Cipro. Cipro is a drug that's uh, technically used. It's an antibiotic, but it's uh, definitely used for urinary health if people have a urinary tract infection. Um, it's something that's you know good for your urinary health is probiotics. And you know, we always see you know eat yogurt. You know it's good for the urinary tract and um, urinary tract system. But uh, if uh, if you do have a urinary tract infection, one of our most common drugs that we would prescribe to you is Cipro, and you take it for a amount of time. Uh, over time, you know, then you know it should help with with the bacterial infection going on. However, if you take it with milk, it's going to do similar thing that those calcium buildup. It's going to prevent um, the medicine from absorbing into your bloodstream. So, yet another thing of why just taking medication with water is is the best prescribed because milk and um, particular antibiotics are going to make them not absorb, and therefore you're not going to get better. Again, I would have not known that. I would have, you know, because you think of juice, of of milk, of teas, of coffee, of being safe, you know, to take with and, anything. And, you know, and so I guess the, the message that you're saying basically is just stick to water, period. Yeah, and, and then and, if you know, you're I'm taking fine. any medications, don't drink alcohol at all during the day or you could have irreversible liver damage. Yeah, and, and that's something, you know, I should say, so we, we talked about how milk, you know, how dairy food as well, uh, again, just stressing back, water is mostly that, um, that dairy and high citrus juices can affect it. Well, so can herbal medications. Um, same people used to take St. John's wort. It's not as popular as it used to. It used to be kind of be good as a, a natural remedy for antidepression and overall health. Um, but as a woman, if you, a woman, if you're taking oral contraception, there's been um, multiple studies showing. Actually, if you ever read the back of all that information we give you, that we tell you to read this, that people usually just throw out that little insert. Um, but in there, it says that St. John's Wort. If you're taking oral contraception, not to take St. John's Wort because there's multiple studies to show. Again, it affects um, the ability. The basically, it's making your birth control not as effective. And we all know we want the highest amount. If you're not intending to get pregnant, you do want the highest amount of protection from the medication you're taking for that. Um, so that's just kind of leading into, you know, herbal remedies with that. If you ever have any questions when you're taking your medicine, contact, you know, call your doctor. If you're just getting something over the counter, and today's, well, a lot of those CVSs, right, have those pharmacies there. Even if you're not getting something, per se, from the pharmacy, if you're just getting something from the medical aisle, if you have any questions about, you know, other medications you're taking or food or dietary things, that's why those people are there um, in, in in the pharmacy there to answer any of those questions, any of the drug interactions. So if you have any questions, just take that, you know, five minutes to ask them prior to buying something because I know we're in this rush. We want to just get home, start a medication, not deal with it. But what's going to happen is, one, our medicine, one, we could get sick. Two, our medicine is not going to be as effective and you want, you know, we don't, uh, we don't want to live our lives on all these medications. Um, same thing, uh, kind of getting back to with vitamins. Um, again, the biggest thing is just taking it with water. Certain things can counteract other ones. I know for me personally, I can't swallow those giant horse pills, so I have to take like five different little pills each day because I want to get the full amount. Well, and actually the vitamins, those multivitamins, it's now been shown in a lot of research that it's not good for you, that you don't, not everybody needs all that. You should get it from your food. So you need to just take the little individual things you need. You know, women need calcium and you need maybe your your zinc or whatever it is that you're going to need. But Heather, we are uh, out of time again. But what a fantastic segment this is because... 
you've really enlightened me. I'm not a medicine taker, but I definitely would have if I need, had a headache. I, I would totally take something, you know, with juice or with milk or something. And so I'm really, really glad that you brought out how important it is just to stick to the water. And then that also the, the idea of if you're taking any medications, don't think that you can have any alcohol, you know, during that time period because of the yeah. damage you can do. Exactly. So our health matters. That's the bottom exactly. line. Exactly. <laughs> so for even for more information regarding everything else in our life, go to be the star you are as well uh, be the star you are dot com as well as be the star you are dot org. Very good. Very good. Well, when we return from break. Randy Susan Myers, author of The Murderer's Daughter, is going to return to Star Style with her newest riveting and arresting novel, The Comfort of Lies. So stay with us because the truth will set you free. And remember to be healthy, watch your medications, what you take with it, and your alcohol intake because our your health is wealth, and it matters to us, and it definitely matters to you. My name is Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And you're listening to Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be right back. Star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Get a positive prescription for living and discover a cure for adversity when you make a difference in the lives of others by donating to Be The Star You Are, a 501c3 top-rated charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth through increased literacy, positive media, and tools for living. www.bethestarur.org All donations are tax-deductible. www.bethestarur.org Be the lucky star are you a teenager with lots to say but no one to talk to let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program express yourself a show by teens for teens and about teens no topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel. And join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com. You can express yourself. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword World Talk Radio. Be the star you are. You are the star. Get ready to be inspired, entertained, and motivated to greatness with positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Turn up the volume. Tune in to the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. 
Now, back to the program with the Oprah of the airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. You'll find all you need in a life You deserve the best, and that's why Star Style, Be the Star You Are, is here to bring you the greatest authors, the thinkers, the movers, the shakers that add value to this beautiful journey called life. My name is Cynthia Bryan, and I thank you for staying tuned here at World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk and to listen. Love is complicated. So is marriage, parenting, working, and adoption. Randy Susan Myers graced our airwaves with her first book, The Murderer's Daughters, and today she is back with The Comfort of Lies, a novel exploring the collateral damage of infidelity and the lies that we tell ourselves and one another to try to make it work. Welcome back, Randy, to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Cynthia, thank you so much for having me back. This is truly a pleasure. Well, I know this had to be a very, very fun book to write. I mean, you are really, really rolling with your writing. We all loved Murderer's Daughters, and you have not disappointed with the comfort of lies. It just made me wonder why we as humans sabotage ourselves so much. It seemed like when everything is almost perfect, like it was in the Juliet's lovely family, um, it's not enough. So in The Comfort of Lies, you look at three women and how an affair, an unexpected pregnancy, and adoption collide and crash. There's got to be a backstory here, Randy. Can you share it with us? Well, <laughs> or maybe so you can't, but give us a give us a little bit. There are so many backstories here. First of all, years ago, um, I used to run groups for who, who, with women who were pregnant and postpartum. And everybody's marriage was an upheaval after having children. I mean, everything that you read about or um, saw was all about how hard it is to take care of the children, but very rarely did you see the impact on the marriage, on the relationships, everything that happened. So that was part of my inspiration. Another part of my inspiration was just seeing how all of these well-positioned men, men in politics all over, would have these affairs and then seem so sorry afterwards. So why did they have these affairs? Um, I was exploring pregnancy. I mean, I have not given a child up for adoption, but I've had my pregnancy scares when I was younger. And, you know, we always think about what are we going to do. Yeah, and that's uh, a real, that's a real, that's a real issue for women of all ages, you know. And actually, if you're a mother of boys that become teenagers, you actually start considering, worrying about that too. The, you know, the what ifs. Exactly. So there was so much going into me, uh, into this book for me that I wanted to explore. Um, and the nub of it, what was, what if during the course of an affair, one gets pregnant, what then? And what if you can't, for whatever reasons, have an abortion because of your background, because of anything? What then? And what if he walks away? What then? And I, and I, I find adoption heartachingly fascinating because there's so many sides to it. There's the biological mother. There's the adoptive mother. There's the fathers on both sides. And then there's the child. So in the end, whose rights supersede whose? So that was there. And what if you found out your husband had a child by another woman and you didn't know about it? 
how devastating would that be? So all of this went into this. And I just found, and what does family really mean? And why do we lie so much? Mm-hmm. So I was looking at a lot of issues. In you this real, I mean, you crammed so much into it. And what was so fascinating to me, Randy, is how real every single one of the characters were, flesh and blood. I mean, I actually felt them. I was walking down the streets with them. I'd be in a room with them, you know, and I and I identified with with um, I think with like everyone in a different way. It was very interesting when you had um, Juliet's family that seemed like the absolute perfect family. Nathan and Juliet, you know, she's gorgeous, has a successful business. He's successful. They have two great kids. And yet he goes and has this affair with this what, how, how many years, 12 years, 14 years younger? You know, she was in her 20s. And basically, he just wanted to be adored. And then the child arrives. I, what I found fascinating is that I actually have an acquaintance who um, has a very similar thing. They they seemed from the outside like the perfect, perfect marriage, very high profile. He was a big-time attorney. She was big in the Hollywood status. And uh, about... Ten years they, later, you know, after a couple of kids, he had had an affair with a woman f- from another country and had a, a, a son. <laughs> and um, the, the wife reacted very similar to how Juliet, she actually wanted to bring the child into the family, and they actually ended up raising this child. And the, they actually took care of the biological mother, too. So it was like, I thought this is so real, the way you wrote it. This isn't fantasy at all. Well, th- thank you. That makes me feel like all of my insanity is worthwhile. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't insanity. And what I found interesting, I'm sure people are having questions about this too, is what is it, especially with men, that when they do seem to have life you know, by the tail and everything is good, that they're willing to sacrifice everything for that fling um, with that younger, you know, <laughs> that younger woman, is it just adoration? What have, what have men, how have men responded? Well, it's interesting. When I did this book, I wanted to look at it from all points of view, and, and I have four points of view. The man, the adoptive mother, the biological mother, and the wife of the guy who has the affair. And one of the things that happens to me is whichever side I'm writing from, whichever point of view, I actually, I, I very intensely become that person in a almost I can totally way. see how you would. Because uh, as you wrote it, I felt for each one of them. I didn't feel that I wasn't, you know, when I was reading about, if I was reading about Caroline, I would think, well, she's absolutely right you know it's hard to be a mom i can understand her wanting to be a career woman and she you know it was her husband that wanted the kid but then when i'm reading about tea i really felt for her you know so you do become them don't you i i really do and one of the i really do (laughs) and one of the things that i did throughout the course is that I, I write about two of the characters, um, Juliet, uh, whose husband had the affair, and Carolyn, who adopts the child and who's very conflicted about being a mother. I have them both doing research about their positions. And I, of course, did that research as them, which was really fun um, in my world of fun. And when I was doing the research about why men have affairs, I was doing it as Juliet. 
you're going on to all these sites. Yeah. And it was interesting because I actually put in the, um, my book a compilation of, of the information that she finds out. And it is true that the more high-powered a man is, the more... Um, more likely he is, he needs to be adored. He, and I think it becomes almost like a drug, that adoration, which is why I think you see men like, oh, for instance, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, exactly. Um, because nobody is a hero to their wife all the time. Right. And oh, really? Just, right. And, 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 and it is men have to really look at what they're doing. And I think uh, I've seen these studies that are fairly interesting where women and men have affairs for very different reasons usually. Men are going after the adoration, and women are usually feeling more of a lack of love or connection in their marriage. Um, and, I, of course, this isn't 100% on either side, but it seems to be that men take it more emotionally lightly. But they I are also going. found it frightening in a way that some of the research that you, um, that, you know, the, they uncover, like Tia, when she is considering, when she's scared that maybe Carolyn's not being a good mother and she's thinking maybe she wants to get her baby back. Is that, are there, I mean, or is this open adoptions? I mean, if you are the birth mother, do you, once you give your child up for adoption, still have a right, or do you have any rights? Because there are that, that some would be rights. so frightening. It, there are some rights, but, I mean, you sign all sorts of things, and it's very different state to state. But there have been people challenging it, and a few times I've, people have prevailed. But it's, it's not um, an easy thing. And one of the things that I really felt by the end of the book, um, because I also sort of became the child also, and I did a lot of research into open adoption, and I really did come away with the feeling that the rights of the child are really important, and keeping things secret from the child is just a terrible thing for them, because they just imagine and imagine and imagine but I, I understand the conflict of the adoptive parents who don't want to have the uh, biological parents in their life. And so where is that medium? Um, and, you know, like everything in life, there's no perfect answer. It's a really, it's a very challenging question, and you brought this out so well in wrestling with the different, you know, questions about adoption and the way the different characters felt about it and, and how you'd go about it. But I, too, came away with Savannah, or Honor, feeling like I could feel like there was a, a, a fear inside of her or she didn't want to be abandoned, even though, you know, she was given all these books of, of how, you know, she was chosen and they constantly said how much they loved her, etc., it felt like she still felt like something was missing. And it seemed good that she actually met her biological parents and then really chose, even at this young age of five, that she wanted to stay with her mommy and daddy. One of the things that I did um, uh, 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 that was I didn't include in the book, but at some point after the book is that I, I'm going to put up somewhere, is I wrote an epilogue in the uh, one of, in my that didn't make it in the final cut for... Yeah, you need to, because I was waiting for an epilogue. 
excited. I'll tell my I really wanted to find out what happened and what happens to Tia in California, too. That's really interesting because, you know, my, my editor and I, um, who I adore, um, went back and forth a lot on whether to include the epilogue or not. And in the epilogue, I have uh, the child at 13. And I had so much fun with it. So I'm going to absolutely put that up at some point after the book is out um, as a short. Yeah, it's just a chapter. Was your did it was did you want it in and your editor wanted it out? No, no, we both went back. You both you both agreed. Yeah, we. Yeah, I real I wanted to see an epilogue because you have you and I look forward to reading it because in the comfort of lies and we are talking with best-selling author Randy Susan Myers. This is her newest novel, just released, The Comfort of Life. There was just so, so much incredible character development that would I really wanted to see where everybody was five years from now or six years from now. You know, do Juliet and Nathan make it? Does Carolyn become, you know, a more comfortable mom? Um, does Tia ever really fall in love with somebody who's who really can love her back as opposed to going for these unavailable men. And, you know, did Nathan keep his promise? How is Savannah now? I think that would be, it's a, kind of exciting. Where do you see these characters going? I mean, is this is this a book that, besides the epilogue, you'd consider writing a sequel to? Oh, gosh, I um, don't know. I can't say where I see them because I don't want to have any spoilers for people as right. to where the book, book ends. But, um... It's interesting because people ask me that about their murderous daughters, too, where do they, yes. where do they end up. Uh, and now I just finished book number three, which has all sorts of conflict. Um, and so it's like, well, you know, it's interesting because I walk around with all these people inside of me. Yeah. <laughs> you, must uh, be pretty, you must be pretty schizophrenic by now because <laughs> I tell you, you have you, – and your characters, as you said, each one is – as a standalone character, you could have a book about each one. They're they're so fascinating, everyone. Well, I've, I I do find them fascinating, and I think that's really important as a writer that you have to write about a stuff that you feel really passionate about. I mean, you don't I, have I to. Agree. But I agree. I agree. For me, um, and you have to also be willing to take them all the way inside and to let them really suffer, which is a hard combination to love them and to let them suffer. Well, also because you have identified with them and you've actually become the character and you don't really want to suffer. But in order to have it be real, you have to have that kind of empathetic um, understanding, right? You have to do that. Exactly. I mean, I have a big sign above my desk that uh, I had from when I first, you know, really got into this as I was doing my practice books. You know, let them get into hot water and then hotter and hotter. Because I, I hate when I read a book where, where uh, the author is going, okay, problem, problem solved, problem, problem solved. But because I really the, like density. Yeah, it's not the way life is. Problems don't get solved easily. Uh, it's exactly. a process. And sometimes they're not solved at all. You know, and sometimes we just dive into things just to be comfortable and, and not to, um, you know, not to feel the pain, when, but the pain's always there underneath. We're talking to Randy Susan Myers, whose new book is The Comfort of Lies. So why do you think we all lie? Because, you know, the beginning of your book kind of says it all, right, in your, your quote that you have. I should read that quote because it's important. It's better to be told a hurtful truth than to be told a comforting lie. 
in the end, the truth will make its way out and will hurt much more than it ever had to. And that is like so true. You know, when, when we tell one lie, it keeps building until we have so many, we can't dig ourselves out. I think lying is was such a huge part of this book for me, um, and I think we lie for so many reasons, but I think the biggest reason that we lie is fear, mm-hmm. fear of the truth. Yeah, fear. Um, my sister, and, and I think if you grow up in every any sort of mm, difficult home life, you'll become more and more of a liar. I know I did. Uh, really? <laughs> Did you and use my, some of your background then in writing some of these characters? I mean, I know oh, every character is a compilation, and, you know, you said you, you had a few, you know, scary things, but were any of these people, like, people you actually knew? I think, like most writers, um, my characters each reach into a different small piece of me and then get blown up. For instance... You don't have to have been buried alive to have, to write about an avalanche, but it really helps if you are locked in a um, if you were stuck in an elevator for a while. Yeah, something to make you feel that claustrophobia. Yeah, and I think so. I think I have the ability, um, for better or for worse, to really blow up things in my life to be as dramatic as possible. And lying is a topic I come by very easily. <laughs> that doesn't sound Well, you had to go to some pretty dark places, and you, you know, we saw that with the murderer's daughter. You had... Well, my, you know, my the, sister and I... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, no. I was just going to say, you go there because you, you witnessed some things, you know, um, and which you used in the murderer's daughters. Yeah, and my sister and I are both great liars. We're world-class liars, um, <laughs> and uh, we really are. I mean, it's amazing how good we are, uh, and perhaps we were born with the trait. You know, maybe it wasn't just because we had some traumatic things, because uh, one of our grandmother's hobby was shoplifting. Uh, we had a great aunt who pretended she was French, and oh. so even though she was New York Jewish, Brooklyn Jewish, she pretended she went to the Sorbonne, and she spoke English uh, with a, a Gallic lilt, believe it or not. Really? And That's funny. Uh, so my sister and I were really born for fabrication, and um, in our house, our motto was admit nothing. Um, and what I really had to learn, actually, was when to give up, that I didn't need it anymore. Uh, so you anger, actually, for your title, you actually did find comfort in lies, although the truth oh. is better, but for you, lying was your comfort zone, or is your comfort zone. Um, well, now I thankfully use it for good purpose. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now you're getting it. Well, now you're getting to be a writer. You get to fabricate anything you want. So that's okay. So that, you have you have another book coming out. Uh, can we say what the title is, or are we waiting because we you just released Comfort of Lies? Yeah, the Comfort of Lies doesn't come out till next Tuesday. This book now I just sent to my editor. She loves it, and we'll be we'll be working on it um, together. <laughs> Oh, that'll be so fun. And, and then you'll, um, you'll start on another one. Yeah. It's you have, the first I mean, you, you just launched as a writer, and you're just going full force, so congratulations. Let's give people your website so they can find out where you are, where your book signings are going to be, all the news and events, uh, book clubs, you're willing to talk to them, all of that. Absolutely. And that's com with an S. RandySusanMyers dot 
com. And yes, I just cut you. What were you going to say? Um, I don't remember. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I, and I'm sure that's. Oh, is, is I do know now. Or is that I was a lie? Say that my husband. <laughs> that's my husband and I um, lies. This is really it, this. I really, really, I really love Murderer's Daughters, but this one. I, I was truly riveted the entire read through, Randy. And I also, one of the biggest lies, and I'm sure people do this, that I found, and I won't give it out, but, but it was what Caroline, when she met that doctor at the convention, uh, Don't said. give that one away. I'm not going to give it away, but boy, that was a doozy, and I bet you that happens quite often. And I'll tell you, it shocked me when it came out. I mean, when I, when I write, I do go into the zone. And when that came out, it was like, whoa. Whoa. And, and um, it was interesting because when I, you know, I have a writer's group. And it shocked them. <laughs> Did it. Did it. But I bet everyone loved it. I mean, they, they hated it and loved it at the same time. Exactly. It's like, and, how can and, you go uh, there? Some people were afraid about it. But I said, nope, it's staying there. It's yeah. absolutely staying there. No, it had to stay. It had to stay. It was it was such a character marker. Well, Randy, as always, it's great to have you here on Star Style. Be the star you are. For all you listeners out there, if you haven't picked up a copy of The Murderer's Daughters, you'll want to do that because you will love it. But The Comfort of Lies is fabulous. So as soon as it hits bookstores, online, wherever you like to purchase your books, get it. The Comfort of Lies. And go to randysusanmyers.com. And, again, if you have a book club or a conference or something and you want to have Randy around, you can get in touch with her through her contact or media room. So congratulations, uh, Randy, and I will never believe another word you say. But (laughs) (laughs) I do love you. I think you're awesome. (laughs) I love being here, and it was a great conversation. This hour flew by. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much, Randy. Thank you. That was Randy Susan Myers. The Comfort of Lies. I'm Cynthia Bryan. We're taking a short break, but then we're going to go into the barnyard. Don't go away. We're here for you for the hour. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. Be right back. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. What's going on behind the scenes? With your favorite World Talk Radio show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Do you find yourself giving up too easily? The race doesn't always go to the swifter or the stronger, but to the one that perseveres until the end. This year, I encourage you to persevere. Most people just give up too soon. There was a man digging for gold, and he went away frustrated. He gave up. He walked away. didn't find anything, but he left a shovel on the ground, and a short while later, another man came along, picked it up, and started digging. Sure enough, he dug six more feet and hit a major vein of gold. That first man gave up six feet too soon. Don't give up. Keep digging. Keep going after your dreams. Persistence prevails when all else fails. Persevere if you want to climb that mountain. Perseverance is the key to any success. You are the star of your own performance. Turn your passion into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business fight from Star Style. To book a coaching or consulting session, call 925-377-STAR or visit StarStyleProductions.com. Be the star you are. 
Light up the flames that burn. Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org to make a tax-deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. BeTheStarYouAre.org Be the lucky star you Looking for unique, one-of-a-kind gifts for the special woman in your life? The Carmony Collection creates handmade handbags, clutches, candles, and canvases from vintage and recycled fabrics, bangles, and beads. Be eco-friendly and fashionable with prices for all pocketbooks. Visit www.carmonycollection.com. That's Carmony with a K and Collection with a K. Or call 925-785-7827. Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature star-style consultations with personalized sessions by phone or in person. You'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7827. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com. CynthiaBryan.com. You can be the star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. Turn up the volume, grab a seat, and get ready to be challenged, inspired, and motivated to greatness. It's power party time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your hosts, the mother-daughter dynamic duo, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Well, as most of you know, I grew up on a farm driving tractor. And this is Cynthia Bryan, and this is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I plowed the fields, I picked fruit, I raised chickens and sheep to finance my college education. So my life adventures and lessons are chronicled in my beloved best-selling book, Be the Star You Are, 99 Gifts for Living, Loving, Laughing, and Learning to Make a Difference. And many of my insights have also found their way into the follow-up team book, be the Star You Are for Teens. Both are available for sale at my website and at the charity website. So you can buy autographed copies at CynthiaBryan.com or BTSYA.org and just go to where it says store. And all these stories are true. I didn't grow up as a liar. <laughs> I loved it when Randy said that, that she's a world-class liar. I would, that would be so great. She could be just an incredible, incredible actor. But with that being said, I often say that I learned everything I needed to know about life from my chickens. I started at age um, eight with a dozen little baby chicks. And then by the time I was 18, I had raised more than 2,000. So today, I still keep about two dozen hens, which provide eggs for my little cottage organic fresh egg business. People come to my office and they buy eggs from me. And the chickens just, you know, run around and they scratch and they do all the things that chickens are supposed to do. Right now, they're out there eating the worms and it's great in the wintertime. So, although I really didn't learn everything I need to know from my chickens, I really would say I've learned so much from the animals in my barnyard. So, this is what I say I've learned from my chickens. You wake up early and you stay busy. You rest when you need to, but you always stay alert. 
You always visit your favorite places every day. And you learn how to scratch out a living. Routine is good. Plump is good. You don't ponder your purpose in life because your brain might be too small. You just do. You accept the pecking order and you know your enemies. You weed your garden. You look after your children. You sit on them if necessary. You take them for walks. You show them the little things and you talk constantly. You make a nice nest and you share it with friends. You brag on your accomplishments. You protect your nest egg. You test your wings once in a while. You squawk when necessary. As you age, you demand respect. And you leave a little something for those who care about you. And you're constantly chasing butterflies. <laughs> I, I can say that the last couple of days I've been letting them out into the hillside here. And uh, along with the pig and the goat and the geese and the ducks. And they've been digging, digging everything up, especially the pig. He's like a rototiller. But it's so sweet to watch them. And especially to watch the rooster, how he protects his girls. And he will find worms or ants. And he won't eat it. He'll call to them and bring them over so that they get it first. And, of course, then they go back to their boxes and they um, they lay their eggs. So I thought that was sort of fun. Now, here are some other things that I wanted to share with you today of just things that I've learned in the barnyard. And it's may you have enough of them, enough happiness to keep you sweet, enough trials to keep you strong, enough sorrow to keep you human, enough failure to keep you humble, enough success to keep you eager, enough friends to give you comfort, enough wealth to meet your needs, enough enthusiasm to look forward, enough faith to banish depression, enough determination to make each day better than yesterday, and basically just to have enough. And again, I, uh, my goat, Rascal, follows me everywhere, kind of like a dog. I sh he thinks that he's a person and he wants to sit on your lap. He wants to do all of those things. And what's so wonderful when you look at the animals is how the content they are, just being around you and just being together. They don't use alibis. They don't, you know, make excuses for anything. And some of the excuses that I find that people use in life, and Napoleon Hill was really big on talking about this in his book, Think and Grow Rich. He wrote something called Do You Use Alibis? And um, one thing about people who succeed in life is they don't use alibis. They know that all reasons for failure are things that happen not to them, but because of the way that they reacted to them. And they have what they believe to be tight alibis to explain away their lack of achievement. So we don't want to do that. You want to you want to succeed by not using alibis. And here are some of the most common alibis that people use. If only I had more time. If times were better. If other people understood me more. If conditions around me were only different. If I could live my life over again. If I didn't fear what, in quotations, they would say. If I had been given a chance. If I were only younger, or if I were only older, or if I were a male, or if I were a female, or if I were married, or if I weren't married. We use all of those. If I had the talent that some people have. If I dared assert myself, if I only had somebody to help me, if I could just get started, if my talents were known, if I could just get a break, if I didn't have so many worries, if I didn't have so many money problems, if I were more confident, if luck wasn't against me, if I didn't have to work so hard, if I didn't have such a bad past, 
if other people would only listen to me, if, and this is probably the greatest of them all, if I had the courage to see myself as I really am. So you see, building alibis, which are designed to explain away failure, it's a national pastime. But that habit is as old as the human race, and it's fatal to success because no one, no one can use an alibi to succeed. We have to succeed on truth and take steps to be mature. Now, somebody, you know, people may say that, that chickens aren't very smart and that they're not very mature, but they seem to be able to handle their frustrations. They seem to control their anger. They settle differences really without violence or destruction. They may have a pecking order and they may peck at each other, but it only takes a couple of pecks and they go away. Um, I find them to be patient. It's that willingness to postpone gratification, to pass up the immediate pleasure or profit in favor of long-term gain. I see them scratching and scratching for those worms and those bugs and maybe going a little bit deeper because they know there's going to be more. To be mature is to be perseverant. You sweat out a project or a situation in spite of opposition and discouraging setbacks. Maturity is being unselfish. It's responding to the needs of others, you know, being a team player. Maturity is the capacity to face unpleasantness and disappointment without becoming bitter. And it is the gift of remaining calm in the face of chaos. This means peace, not only for ourselves, but for those with whom we live and for those whose lives touch ours. Maturity is the ability to disagree without being disagreeable. It's also humility. A mature person is able to say, I was wrong. He's also able, or she's also able to say, I'm sorry. And when he or she is proven right, they don't have to say, you know, I told you so. How many of us do that? I know I do that sometimes, but I, try, I, I actually do it less than I, I probably um, could. Maturity is the ability to make a decision, to act on that decision, and to accept the full responsibility for the outcome. Being mature is also being dependable. It's having integrity, keeping your word, and keeping your word, I talk about this a lot, I know, on the show, but to me, that is absolutely critical to success and to happiness, is we have to walk the talk. We have to be the people that we say that we are going to be. They, um, you know, the immature have excuses, as I was saying, and alibis for everything, and they're chronically tardy, they're the no-shows. The gutless wonders of the world, right? They're, they, um, they kind of just live a life of broken promises and unfinished business and former friends. And personally, I've cleaned closets and I have gotten rid of those people from my life because they make me crazy. They make me absolutely crazy. So maturity is the ability to live in peace and that, and know that there's sometimes there are things that we cannot change. So if none of you have animals out there, I would suggest that you go into a barnyard or you go and walk a dog, a friend's dog, or go to a petting zoo and check out the animals and look at them for really for who they are and what they do because we can learn so much from them. We can learn to have an open mind. We can learn to be kind. We can learn to keep going and we can learn to be in the moment. And we can learn to make new friends, even if there is a pecking order. So thank you all for being great listeners and allowing Heather, Brittany, and I into your life each week. 
We want you to be listening here on World Talk Radio to Star Style. Be the star you are with us every Thursday, 3 to 4 p.m. Pacific, 6 to 7 Eastern. And we are your personal growth success coaches. And I'm bringing you authors that give you great books and some great advice. For more information about Star Style or coaching services, call 925-377-STAR or visit starstyleproductions.com. To make a donation to Be The Star You Are charity that brings you this show, please go to BeTheStarYouR.org, BeTheStarYouR.org, or just the uh, the initials, BTSYA.org. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, and motivate. We want you to see beyond your physical being and know that you are already a star. So cherish the past, dream of the future, and celebrate today. And do read a book because it's like a garden in your pocket. Until we play again next week on Star Style, remember that love always wins, kindness prevails, and smiles keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. I thank you for joining me. Play and have fun and be the star you are. Until next week. Thank you for tuning in every week for the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Our goal is to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to reach for the stars and shine brightly. For further information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. You're invited to our power party next week and every week right here on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel with the dynamic duo, the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, our health hero, Heather Brittany, and the pioneers on the planet. We'll pour more champagne for the spirit with positive, uplifting, life-changing radio. Until we play again, be the star you are. You are.